Today's guest, Steve Maestas, is a giant in his industry. And everything he touches, he excels in and does so well in. And I want you to listen carefully to where he came from and to where he is today. Um, I also want to say this. Um, The recording, I'm really loud during the recording, so do me a favor, turn me down. But when Steve shares his nuggets of truth, do yourself a favor and turn it up. I'm very excited to get to share some of the stories with Steve Maestas. Here we go. Hey, Clay Schroff with Voice of a Lion, and I have another dear friend uh, with us today, Steve Maestas, who is a true lion in our community and uh, just an amazing father and husband. Um, As a matter of fact, I called uh, some people that know him and was just trying to get a little background and dirt, and they just kept saying, man, he loves his family. Welcome. Clay, glad to be here. Excited to uh, visit with you for a while. Yeah, what a great, great time. So you can't go anywhere in Albuquerque. Every other sign says, Maestas. What's up with that? Well, yeah. So uh, obviously, I've been in the commercial real estate business for quite a while. And just really fortunate that uh, I've had the opportunity to to be involved with uh, the industry and, and that company. Uh, started about 25 years ago, um, and it's just amazing what happens when you surround yourself with talented people and uh, people that are passionate about a common cause. Um, and a few years ago, uh, I had a nice exit, uh, moved on, sold the company, uh, but it was such a, a an interesting ride for for quite a while, for 20 plus years, um, met a lot of great people, did a lot of cool things within the community. So fun deal. You know, and that's why we really have you on. You know, the truth is there's success, right? There's success in business. But what you're really known for is like, for instance, you have a car show that you do every year. And I guess you team with some other business people. Is that true? Sure. Yeah. We, we've had Let's a lot talk of, about that. Well, we've had a lot of fun with that. So, uh, Going back 15 years, uh, we were in California. We went to a car show, this big uh, international car show in uh, Carmel, California. Love Carmel. Yeah, beautiful place. So anyway, there was, I mean, just gorgeous automobiles and people from around the world and, uh, you know, collector cars and uh, jalopies and all kinds of different cars and auctions and all these things. And and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jerry Rail, and uh, and I and a couple of the guys were there, and he was like, "This is such a cool deal. We should we should bring this back to Albuquerque or something like it." And and then we said, "Well, why don't we do this and uh, do it uh, in a way that has some type of philanthropic uh, um, contribution?" So we brought it back to we brought our Concorde du Soleil is what we called it. How cool uh, to Albuquerque. And uh, we've done it for, uh, we didn't do it this year because of, of COVID. COVID? What's that? Yeah. Uh, somebody's talked a little bit about that lately. But uh, we've, we've done it for 14 years. We've raised uh, $1.3 million. Holy moly. We've distributed 800000 to organizations that advance economic development or, or education, workforce development primarily. And we've built a corpus of half million dollars 
that will fund those initiatives uh, in perpetuity into the future. Next year will be our grand finale. We're going to do it one more year. And uh, it's put on by uh, five guys. We call ourselves the Cinco Amigos. And we partner with and have a lot of support with the, uh, from the Albuquerque Community Foundation. But it's been a really cool deal. Uh, we put out, you know, 80 or 90 beautiful cars that are displayed that are from around New Mexico and some from outside of, of the community. And uh, a nice evening gala under the stars and, uh, you know, all again just to, you know, try and advance some of the initiatives that are needed in our city. Now, you are from New Mexico. I am, yes. Now, you know, I was told that you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I am very fortunate because uh, I probably have what I would call a, a world-class uh, family uh, and upbringing. My parents um, were just awesome Awesome. And uh, just so the listener knows, that, that, that isn't what I've been told at all. Now, you and me had a conversation yeah. a while back, and there was a time in your life that, just like everybody else, we go through our low lows and our high highs, sure. that you couldn't pay your own rent. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that. Well, I want our listeners to hear that, because that is such an um, awesome story from where you were to where you are. Yeah. So, so Clay, um, I, you know, I, I lived in an apartment... Um, uh, a half a block off of uh, Stadium and Broadway, you know, which was a you know pretty uh, pretty dicey area um, and a challenging area. But anyway, I had this little apartment, and I remember it being July, the end of July, and August was around the corner, and um, I didn't have money to pay my rent. Uh, my rent was a hundred dollars a month, and I was feeling really sorry for myself, and. Uh, I didn't really have hope. I didn't have a future in terms of an education, educational path. I didn't have a good job. Um, and so I had to sell my, my winter jacket, uh, put an ad in the Albuquerque Journal, in the classified, that's how long ago it was, and uh, sold it for $200. And so that helped me make my rent payment for August. And, uh, and then I had a little bit of... Uh, uh, walking around money, um, left over, obviously, but it was a, it's a real interesting, um, formative experience because, uh, at that time, you know, I, I really got disgusted with who I was and where I was, uh, because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have any promise. I didn't have any value in the context of making, you know, my life meaningful and, and, uh, beneficial certainly to uh, myself and others around me. So uh, that was one of the catalysts that I think uh, I can look back at and say, yeah, that really uh, was a defining moment for me. Um, you know, and I tell my listeners, the reason I love that story so much is that truly in the world of business and finances, you're good. You know, you, we still have the, the struggles that everyone struggles with. But people need to know that there's not just a, a, you weren't born with a silver spoon. You had a lot of support and a lot of family stuff, but you had to climb out of the, the valleys that somebody else might find themselves in. And the mountaintop is in sight for anyone here in America. Yeah. So, I, so it's interesting. So, you know, back to the silver spoon comment you made, I, I actually, so I didn't, you know, I don't come from money and, and 
uh, an affluence. But what I came from was a, 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 a set of parents that taught me, you know, work ethic, fear God, uh, honesty, integrity. I mean, I had a great upbringing. Um, and, you know, we were kind of a, just a, a, an average family. Uh, my father was a small businessman. My mom worked. She stayed home some of the time. And, um, and I can look back and, and see things uh, that my parents were talking to me about back in the day that I've used, you know, in these days um, as, as just uh, posts to kind of guide you. Um, but I think, you know, I think one of the things that's really interesting about, uh, about New Mexico and the culture here is there's a, there's an abundance of scarcity and there's abundance of mm. tough stories. Right. And, um, and we all know some of the, the data and the statistics, but, but I've found, and I learned that those hard times, uh, if you can, if you can use them and, and learn from them they're actually very instructive and very valuable um my early days my hard times uh my struggles uh, have made me a much better human being they've made me a better father um, a better believer they've made me a, a better business person um so you know sometimes you know you can you know what's that saying about lemons? You can make lemonade or whatever. So I think there's a lot of truth to using your tough experiences or your challenging experiences to advance yourself and to uh, uh, to make things um, better tomorrow than they were yesterday. You know, we do a lot with the sheriff's department. We ride with their special victims unit and we go into homes and try to keep families together. And we do a lot in the South Valley, and it's. It's just culturally, you know, you, you do what your mother and father did and they do what their mother and father did. And, and then as society changes, so we do a lot there. And you've been known, here's what you're really known for, is pouring back into our community. And you have something, the Power Center? What is that actually called, though? I can't yeah. pronounce it, so I just call it the Power Center. Yeah, uh, the project is called Las Estancias. Yes. And uh, it's it's on... Uh, at the intersection of Coors and Rio Bravo. It's an 80-acre site that uh, a friend of mine uh, and I purchased on uh, January 2nd, 2006. And, um, and it's been, you know, it's been a, an amazing ride. Uh, we're about 65% built. It has completely changed that community. Uh, it has provided uh, literally tens of hundreds of jobs into the thousands of jobs, services, uh, validation, um, economic uh, prosperity for a lot of people within that community. And, uh, and it has changed the landscape of that community. And so it's, I can't say that we had that clear vision day one, uh, but it certainly iterated and, and merged into that. And it's been uh, it's been the most fulfilling thing that I've been involved with on the, on the real estate development side uh, because of its impact and its magnitude and all the things that we've learned and the people that have been impacted. Uh, I recall one story. So we, we, built a, uh, we built an IMAX movie theater. Yeah. And uh, it was one of the first buildings there. And I remember 
at the grand opening, the, you know, the cameras were there for the news stations, etc. And I mean, the community just embraced this project um, in, a, in a way that I guess we didn't realize uh, early on. But I remember being at the grand opening, it was kind of wrapping up, we were inside, and this little old lady, she was probably four foot five, right? You know, weighed up, you know, a hundred, you know, a hundred pounds dripping wet max. And she comes up to me, never met her before, never seen her since. And she has tears in her eyes. Mm. And, and I look at her and she just kind of tugs on me and I says, may I help you? And she says in her, uh, in her broken English that she wanted to thank me for believing in her mm. because we've invested in her and in her community. And that really hit me. It's like, yeah, this is really a special opportunity. It's, it's a, really a, a, a gift that we've been given as, as economic developers, as job creators, as business people to make a, a difference, not just to make a buck. Yeah, you gotta make a buck to pay, make payroll, et cetera. But to make a difference, um, it has so much more fulfillment than just making a buck. So, um, so we've had a lot of fun with that project. It's been really, really uh, an exciting venture for us. You know, I'm from Montana originally, and when we came here, you know, the the South Valley is what you're told to avoid. Mm -hmm. And since I've gone there, it's it truly is the richness of Albuquerque and the people there, especially especially the older generations that you know really had to, I don't know, plow the fields, let's yes. say, to to make it. And they're you know they're third and fourth and fifth generational people who are still living in the same area that they grew up in. I love that area and I love the people. Yeah. And to see the infrastructure that you're actually creating for them. And giving them a second a second chance at renewing that community is just huge. Um, and I, you know, we, our listeners aren't all from Albuquerque, and there's a there's that community in every city and state across the United States. And uh, I just want that story to truly resonate with. If you are given much, um, not that you shouldn't make money when you do a project, because I love that. I think everyone should get paid what they're worth. But taking a risk, because I know for a fact that that project, um, shortly after that, we suffered severe economic failure. And uh, most developers would have just pulled out and ran. Yeah, it, you know. Tell us why you kept it. <laughs> um, well, so uh, as I said, we bought it in January of 2006. The recession hits about a year or so. After that, we have 80 acres of land with debt yeah uh so it was it was definitely a a tough go but frankly i don't know that we really considered not doing it it was just how do we how do we hang on and our whole goal was to get to the other side and uh the other side of the recession and so you know we we had to sell a lot of assets that we didn't think we were going to ever sell. Mm. Uh, we had to skinny up everything. And it was a great time to cleanse and be reminded of uh, this thing called humility. Mm. And, um, but it was, it was a great fight. I mean, I, I remember going through the experience 
and you know having an extraordinary amount of financial uh, pressure. And all for about all except for about three weeks, I was highly confident that we were going to succeed. I remember um, getting to the point where I had about six weeks or four weeks left of gunpowder, meaning capital. And then something would happen. It would just randomly happen where someone would call up and say, I want to buy this or we're going to do this. And the next thing I know, I had six months Mm. of of capital or um, relief from a situation. And I just remember, you know, going home and just, you know, telling my wife, this is this this will be fine. Um, we're going to figure out w- there's a path, and I don't know where it is, but i I was very clear that that God had his hand in what we were doing, and we were going to learn some lessons, but we were going to be successful. i was it was it was really an interesting time because there was a lot of panic, not unlike where we're at today in in different colors, but there was a lot of panic uh, in my world, the, the financial world. Uh, but it, it was such a, an interesting time, and now we look back at it and... and uh, so worth it. Yeah, you know, just very, very rich, very rich experience. How awesome is that? So, you know, it's really funny. I think uh, your life is true reflection of consistency, continually pressing forward. You know, you mentioned the, the path wasn't clear, and uh, just looking at your life and what I know about you, it's because you didn't have a path. You're a trailblazer. And, uh, you know, I know you don't take compliments well, but the truth is in the business world, you take paths that nobody else else is willing to take. And then you make it work. And then, then you're successful. And they all go, yeah, it, he was lucky. He was this. He was that. And the truth is, is that there's very few trailblazers left in the United States. And those who are willing to take the risk of losing it all, are, are the ones that gain. And uh, speak to our audience about what it means to you to be a trailblazer and inspire them to do the same in their communities. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit uh, unconventional in how I think and uh, maybe a little bit of skeptical of, of following the herd. Uh, but my early days were, were unconventional. Um, I didn't uh, follow the typical path for people that are in finance or in my world. Uh, didn't follow the educational path, and so uh, a lot of the things that that I've employed in my uh, practice of professional life have been, you know, just kind of things that I've uh, just learned from reading a, a book or watching someone do something or just kind of figuring things out by stopping, focusing, getting quiet and reflecting on it and figuring out what made sense. Mm. Um, I think that the, the overriding um, lens, Clay, that I have in, in business is, is solving for what makes sense. And, and it's just kind of common sense. And I think uh, it's very easy to get ungrounded and to follow the herd. And that just hasn't been a path that has made sense to me. And so, um, you know, we just try and do the best we can with the information we have. And we, we 
you know, we seem to figure out where to go um, generally most of the time. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with being true to yourself and being authentic with what getting clear and being authentic with what's important to you. Mm. Um, and, and it's so easy today, particularly with social media to, uh, you know, to dance to the beat of the social drum or the, um, the common, the common things that are out there, um, that everybody's, you know, kind of given a stamp of validation to. And, and a lot of times that doesn't serve you well. And so I would say it's just, trying to be really disciplined about about following that path that you should be clear on. Focus and direction. That's awesome. Absolutely. So, you know, he's real humble. I I remember calling you once, and I don't remember why I was calling you. And I said, uh, Steve, where are you at? And I, I can't remember what you said. And I said, well, what are you doing there? And you said, well, I'm on a board. And I said, what board are you on? And you go, I'm on the Federal Reserve Board. Tell me how you get on the Federal Reserve Board. Well, uh, the Federal Reserve is an amazing institution that is just over 100 years old now that uh, serves our country. Uh, it's probably You hear how he sounds like it's no big deal being on the Federal Reserve Board? Keep going, but go <laughs> ahead. Uh, I think it's probably one of the most misunderstood institutions uh, in our country, and it's a very important institution. Uh, its makeup is a private public um, arrangement where you've got public officials and private individuals that make up its governance. And so the Federal Reserve has 12 districts, 12 different banks around the country. Uh, New Mexico is part of a seven-district region. Uh, and we are, um, uh, the, the district here is, it's the 10th, called the 10th district. And its uh, headquarters is in Kansas City. And there are offices in, in Oklahoma, Omaha, and Denver. And so uh, my role, uh, I was fortunate to be uh, in a leadership position uh, on the board. And uh, my role uh, was to run the board, to lead the board. And probably one of the most important functions uh, is to uh, is to appoint the uh the president and CEO, and uh, and then you're involved with the governance and the the general oversight of how that uh, how that bank is run, as well as having a uh, an active voice in the economics of your industry and your region. Um, so uh, you know, I started basically just being invited to have a conversation about uh, the commercial real estate industry. The president was in town one day and I got invited to a lunch. And from that it morphed into uh, uh, volunteering on a um, economic advisory committee. And, uh, and then from there it mer- moved into uh, being appointed uh, on the board. It was a fascinating experience, uh, really a highlight for me. It was really a, a true honor to be involved with that. Hey, so you're out of politics. I don't see you running for governor or president. Um, why is that? Uh, you know, it's um, <laughs> complicated, uh, comp- easy question, complicated answer. Uh, I think timing has a lot to do with, with that. Uh, certainly there's a, um, 
uh, you know, there's a large uh, need for a change of direction in New Mexico, I think. Uh, there's a lot of people that are really struggling. Um, and, you know, we just continue to pray about it and look for, for the right answer and, and, and wisdom and what to do and how to serve, if that's where we should serve. We're, we have impact today, and we're focused on what we're doing today, and we'll see what tomorrow brings. You know, and the reason I ask, and it really wasn't just to put you on the spot, it, it truly is because I have a handful of people that have the capability, um, but more so the, the pouring back into the people. You know, um, if, if, I, wish, I wish everyone could get to know you the way that I know you, the way the lens I see you through, because you truly are... You don't give handouts, you give hand, hands up. You're pulling people out of the muck that they're in, and you're giving them an opportunity to get rinsed off. And I think no matter where we stand in politics, left, right, center, whatever, what I find is, is that there are very few people who are truly willing to get down in the mud with the people to help them to get out. And I see that with you. Um, what's next on your horizon? What, what projects do you have in the future? Well, uh, I've got this really cool project called uh, My Daughter. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's the joy of our life. And uh, probably the, and not even probably, she is the happiest person I know. And we have so much fun with her. And so we're just um, embracing uh, that gift that we've been given and enjoying her and loving on her. Uh, every day, so that's that's a big focus for for Deb and I. But we've got a lot of really interesting uh, business opportunities um, that we're involved with, and uh, and they're along the lines of working in areas where uh, where there's need, where there's uh, not the the right representation representation. Excuse me. Uh, I get choked up when I talk about this stuff. Representation of services and and opportunities. So we spend a lot of time uh, in the areas that a lot of people in my industry uh, haven't spent time mm. or capital. So you know our business continues. Our development team is top shelf. Uh, love love our team. Love our guys and gals. Uh, they make me. Uh, look good, and they're they're really talented, bright, motivated, uh, quality individuals. You know the the kind of people that you want to go to battle with every day. Um, so they're uh, they're a, a breath of energy and a joy for me. So we're we're just pouring back into that, and and our eyes are open for what uh, what tomorrow brings. Okay, so I ask everybody this: if you could talk to the whole world. From the rich of the rich to the poor of the poor, and you had a message they could all hear. What's that message? Um, well, gosh, if I had to synthesize it down to one thing, I would say probably the greatest gift you could give someone is showing up with your best self and and making a contribution to a common purpose. Uh, if that's at your uh, your church, your family your occupation, your community, being the best person that you can be and contributing to whatever that common purpose is next to your fellow neighbor, your, your spouse, your kids, your employer, 
your employees. Um, that's what we need more of in this world. Uh, we need we need more giving and uh, and less taking. Mm. And that's why you're relying in our community, sir. <laughs> well, it's a it's a wonderful community with plenty of challenges, which also asterisk means opportunities. Mm. And how we go about uh, tackling those challenges that, frankly, every community has, some more, some less, um, is really the, the secret sauce of, of how, um, you know, how this place we call home will move forward and, and how it will improve and how it will work through some of its struggles. Is there a particular habit that you do every day? Yeah, so I uh, I'm big on disciplines. I think if if uh, there's one thing I could tell young people and and not so young people as fifty four year olds, thanks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you change your disciplines, you change your life. Mm. Daily disciplines matter, mm. um, and there's simple disciplines that we learned early in life, like brushing your teeth, right? <laughs> Take you know taking a shower. But there's disciplines that can support and um, add to whatever your goals are, whatever you're trying to accomplish. So if you change your disciplines, you change your life. And um, so for me, uh, that starts every morning early, getting quiet, my prayer time, my reading, my review of my day that I set out the night before, um, focus time thinking on the things that I need to be thinking about, um, just just pausing and getting getting still, I think uh, has been a great um, a, a great uh, activity for me that has really informed a lot of the directions and the paths that I take. How awesome. W what an amazing guest and friend you are. Um, thanks for being a part of my personal life, you, I know that you have helped us throughout the years and what we do for the community, um, but we're not the only ones. So we want to thank you. Um, thanks for making a difference in our lives, the community, and truthfully around the world. Well, uh, thanks for what you guys are doing. I love uh, your mission that, that uh, you and Michelle have uh, embraced and own, and, uh, and it's been a pleasure to be uh, a little part of that as well as uh, be a friend of yours. Thank you. This isn't the last time we'll have him on the air. He will be on our master class. So thanks, Steve. Talk soon. I truly hope you enjoyed today's guest and you found inspiration, guidance, and you want to share it. Put it on Instagram, Facebook. Tell people about us. It would mean a lot to us. You can also give us your feedback at voiceofalion.com. And if you want to help us financially, you want to get involved with our nonprofit and what we do for the communities, not only here in New Mexico, but around the world, you can go to aspenproject.org and there's tons of ways to donate and find out more of what we are doing. Thanks again for being a Voice of a Lion listener and tell everyone. <laughs>